I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 265 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have a very special guest for you guys on this Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Retired Navy SEAL Master Chief and Medal of Honor recipient Ed Byers is here with me today. Ed served with the Elite Naval Special Warfare Development Group, or better known as DevGru. Ed also has a chest full of other medals from his 11 deployments and 9 combat tours, including 5 bronze stars with Valor and 2 purple hearts. And I would highly recommend that you do a Google search and just listen to the events that led to him earning the Medal of Honor. I will be including a link to the video of Ed receiving the Medal of Honor in the description of today's podcast. Back in December of 2012, Ed and a team of Navy SEALs were sent into Afghanistan to save the life of an American doctor, Dillip Joseph, who was being held captive. A part of Ed Byers' Medal of Honor citation reads, He jumped atop the American hostage and shielded him from the high volume of fire within the small room. While covering the hostage with his body, Chief Byers immobilized another guard with his bare hands. He restrained the guard until a teammate could eliminate him. His bold actions under fire saved the lives of the hostage and several of his teammates. Okay, so I cannot begin to tell you how honored I am to have Ed Byers with me here today. He will be here in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. Last week, I had the honor and privilege of interviewing Navy SEAL Medal of Honor recipient Michael Thornton, who is a Vietnam veteran and a Navy SEAL legend. If you missed out on that one, be sure you flip it back to episode 260 and check it out. Next week, I got five fresh episodes coming at you guys, and each one is a banger, including another NFL Hall of Famer. This time, we got Mike Haynes, and I've got another Navy SEAL for you. Be sure you're following me over on Instagram, at Alec underscore Lace, to find out who's joining me here. And I have a very big announcement coming Monday. Some big news to share with you guys, so lock it in for that. And I cannot say thank you enough to all of you guys out there that continue to listen and support the podcast here. And do me a favor, share this podcast with every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be back with Medal of Honor recipient Ed Byers. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Nothing beats an American flag made in the USA, right? Well, how about an American flag made in the USA by veterans out of duty-worn fatigues from all branches of the military? That is exactly what you get with combat flags. Combat flags are handcrafted from duty-worn fatigues and offer a tangible piece of freedom to the American people. Each flag is accompanied by a professionally designed and printed card that tells the story of service of a soldier, marine, airman, sailor, or coastie who wore the fatigues used to make the flag. They are the real deal, Dad, so what are you waiting for? Visit CombatFlags.com and use the promo code FATHER, and First Class Fatherhood listeners will save 10% off their purchase. Veteran-owned, American-made. CombatFlags.com, promo code FATHER. All right, joining me now is a first-class father. He is a retired Navy SEAL Medal of Honor recipient who has more than 20 years of service with the United States Navy. He has also received the Purple Heart twice, the Bronze Star with Valor five times. It is a tremendous honor for me to say, Ed Byers, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on here. All right, let's start here. How many kids do you have? How old are they? Oh, we have we have one daughter or her. Her name is Hannah, and she's uh, 14 years old, just started high school. 
Wow, okay. Yeah, I have four myself. My oldest is 13. We'll be hitting that high school year next year, so uh, we're, we're, we're bracing for impact on that. You have a lot more on your plate than I do, that's for sure. Four kids. My, uh, oh. my sister, my both my sisters have uh, uh, four kids, so. Oh, yeah, wow, okay. Around a big, big, fam- big family. Yeah, that's awesome. What type of uh, sports or activities is Hannah into? Well, she's a, she's a competitive figure skater, and uh, currently right now she's up in uh, Philadelphia doing uh, the re- regional competitions for for uh, figure skating. So she's been doing that now going on nine-plus years, and we're, we're all in and committed on that front. You know, uh, hopefully, God willing, and uh, she keeps keeps going with it and keeps progressing the way she has, and she wants to eventually skate for Team USA and, and go to the Olympics one day. Wow, what an incredible goal that is! Now, do you, are you a skater? Do you ever throw the skates on and get on the rink there with her? <laughs> I uh, that that would be embarrassing if I did that. <laughs> for, for sure, no. I I realized uh, a couple of years into it when she just fell in love with it that when she could pull me skating backwards faster than I could skate forward. I was like, you know what? Um, there's nothing more I have to teach her <laughs> when it comes to skate, <laughs> skating. I grew up playing pond hockey in Northwest Ohio, but that was about the extent of skating. So nothing formal. And then, you know, as the older you get and uh, the the harder it becomes to, to learn those uh, nuances especially that's required to do something like figure skating or, or skating in general. So uh, I leave, I leave that to her. Yeah, I hear you there. My, my middle son is, uh, we just got him skating lessons. He just started doing them over the summer and I, I've never been on skates in my life. So I'm not about to start now. <laughs> uh, I get out there every once in a while when she, when she begs and pleads with me, I was like, okay, I'll get out there. And then she, um, then she just, you know, laughed at me like a, a good kid should at her at her father. You know, laughed at me on the, on the ice. Right. And then she, you know, she's gracious and she tries to teach me a few things here and there, which um, I'm still trying to learn how to do spins. Very, <laughs> yeah, very all right. Cool. Very cool. All right, Ed, if you could just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background. Uh, a little bit about me. So I... 40 years old, just turned 40. I grew up in Northwest Ohio on a farm in uh, Grand Rapids, Ohio, so about an hour south of Michigan. Uh, I joined the military. Well, I joined the military when I was 19. Uh, I always knew from early on that I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. And... When I joined, however, the rating back then, you had ratings in the Navy, which you still do, but the SEAL community did not have their own rating. So I decided to come in as a hospital corpsman, which is the Army's equivalent of a medic. And I did that simply because, uh, like a good kid, I, it's about the one thing I listened to my mother about. And... 
He's like, well, if you don't like the military, you know, you can always get out and, and so take a job that you can do something on the outside. So I, I picked medicine uh, initially, but my intent was to be a SEAL all the, from the very get-go. So I had to wait, though, because they were overmanned uh, with, with hospital corpsmen. The, the SEAL community was, was overmanned. And I did my first tour uh, pre-9-11 and a little bit after 9-11 with 2nd Marines, 2nd uh, Battalion, so 2-2 Golf Company down in Camp Lejeune. And uh, shortly after 9-11, I got my orders to finally go to BUDS, Basic Underwater Demolition SEAL Training. And uh, that was my journey to be a SEAL. So from 2000 and early 2002 till... Uh, this year, I was a SEAL and and uh, did multiple deployments around the world. And in 2016, I was awarded the Medal of Honor for a hostage rescue mission that we conducted to save an American doctor uh, in 2012. So that is, uh, in a nutshell, my military background. Uh, I've been married since 2004 good thing i got that one right uh, <laughs> i'd be getting a beating from my uh my wife <laughs> later and uh 2005 we had our uh our daughter hannah and uh, shortly after she was born is when i started basically my wartime deployments and did that for the next 10 years of her life so uh, like I mentioned earlier, you know, our daughter is a competitive figure skater, and that's uh, what the majority of focus is with my wife, um, besides her going to get her MBA uh, in nonprofits. And uh, I am currently transitioning out of the military after 21 years of service and also going to get my uh, business degree and to start my own uh, company and and see where life takes me in the next chapter. Yeah, what an awesome journey that you've had here, Ed, and thank you so much for your service. And you've had some, I would imagine, just some incredible experiences as a Navy SEAL over your career. But well, how did the experience, how, so you, how, about how old were you when you first became a dad then, and how did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? Yeah, so I... I first became a father when uh, in 2005, and that would put me at about, I think I was 25 at the time. So there was a lot of life uh, changes all happening at once. Um, like I said, I got married the year prior. Um, so shortly after we got married, we got pregnant, and... So I got married, bought my first home. We bought our first home. Uh, we moved across the country, and I checked into my first SEAL team and all, and had a, had our first kid all in the same year, basically. Uh -huh. So I started my professional career, got married, bought my first home, had a, a kid, and was prepping for my first wartime deployment we did that all in our first year together as a family. So 
uh, kind of puts things in perspective. You know, any one of those things is a, a, a life changer for a family and can consume, you know, be the, the all-consuming aspect of their life. And we had about four major things happening all at, all at once. Um, but you just put your head down and, and you just get, get after it. How that affected me as a, as a, a, um, a man and as a person was, it was shocking. We weren't expecting to get pregnant. And it was, uh, I don't, I've never really told this to anybody just simply because that wasn't a, a form for it to come up, but it was kind of funny when we first got married. Uh, I remember going out to the mailbox and bringing back in the mail and there was something from my wife and I was like, you know, it was one of those, the lots of things on your mind. We just moved in. Like I just mentioned, we had a lot of things going on and I just, I remember looking at the, the, the mailer and it was said, you know, my wife's name with my last name. And I was like, who is this Madison Byer person? Because it that was like the, one of the first times I've seen it with her name on a on a piece of mail or so, and she just looked at me and was like, "What the heck it goes on in your mind?" And I was like, "I've just never seen that." It was a shock to me. It was a shock to see that okay, you make that transition, you finally get married. That's the next step in life of like growing up, and then um um. Oh, and and having much more responsibility now. You you know you're in a partnership and uh, and 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 that you know a, a full blown relationship. So when we got pregnant, and my wife told me that this was shortly after we had just did all these other major things, and I was pretty much in shock. Like, wait, what? That's <laughs> wasn't ready for this. I'm in my mid-20s, you know, there's way too many things happening. You know, I'm, I'm you know, full-blown into my lifelong dream to be a SEAL now as a new guy. There's so many responsibilities coming that and still having to prove yourself and, and be a good teammate and just turn off, a mar- you know, marriage and what's that like and what happened to our honeymoon and, you know, where, where's our honeymoon period, you know, like of being able to uh, – to be, you know, the the dink, you know, the dual income and no kids uh, family and, and to live life a little bit and and to have some pressure relief from from the realities that we are now in a post 9-11 world and off to war we go for the first time and who knows what's going to turn out from that. So um, the, it was shocking it was pretty shocking to uh, to to figure out I was going to be a dad right away, but I wouldn't have changed anything for the world. It's one of those scenarios that if you keep saying, hey, now is not the right time, now is not the right time, you're going to wake up and it's going to be too late. My father was 53 when he had me, and uh, we didn't have that storied uh, family dynamic that you think of a father and a son because by the time I was, five, ten, seven, ten years old, you know, he was approaching 60 and he did construction. So it wasn't like we went to baseball games together or anything like that. And so I'm actually very happy that, you know, we had our daughter at the age I did. So now that as I'm 
transitioning out of the military and she's going to grow up and to be this incredible young woman that I'll be at an age where I can actually go do stuff with her and, and uh, seem like be more connected with her and something I didn't have with my, my father too. So I'm, that part of me is very uh, excited. Yeah, that's cool, Ed. And I'm right there with you. My father had me when he was 50 years old, so my parents were older as well. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, they passed away before I even met my wife and had kids. So that's one of the things. And I had kids fairly young, too. I was 25 when I started having kids. So, um, you know, I'm right there along with you. Now, were you able to be uh, present when your daughter was born, or were you on a deployment when that happened? Yeah, I was present. present. So um, that's one thing we – do really well in the naval special warfare community is is uh is understanding you know life's already hard enough as it is uh, typically you're gone 300 days a year and uh these are moments in time where you don't ever get back and you can never go back and go you can always do another trip you can always go on a different vacation heck you can always take a di- another honeymoon if that's what was needed if that was messed up, you can never go back and go, I need, I want to be there for the birth of my kid again. So, uh, at least from my experience, uh, which I'm very grateful for, we, we've always made it a point, even in times of adversity and war that, you know what, there's really nothing that important going on in the world that supersedes not being there for your the birth of your kid because when it's all said and done and if you're lucky enough to make it through it all and survive 20 years down the road, you know, the military is not going to be there for you. That's just a reality, but your family, your kids are hopefully. And to know that you're there to be there for them is that's the most important thing. So thankfully I was, I was there for that. Yeah, that's awesome. And and what about as far as when you received the Medal of Honor, was your daughter present? What was that like to have your family present there when you received the Medal of Honor? Uh, yeah, they they were they were absolutely there. And you know that's in today's day and age. And you know, thankfully, it's uh, something that will be forever remembered. You know, it, anyone can look up that ceremony uh, online, and anyone can can sit and watch, you know, the, the, the event if they wanted to. And, you know, I have pictures in the house. It's, I don't care who's in office. I'm impartial to that. It, it's still the president of the United States. And I respect the position uh, as commander in chief. And, and it's really cool, no matter who that is, uh, that my daughter was able to, to, to meet him, so so she's now in her life. I met both both presidents of 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 her, and you know, in her life. So you know, she got to be in the Oval Office, you know, with President Obama, and able to you know take pictures with him. And and there's a great picture where she's looking up at him because he's just so much taller. And uh, that was a really cool experience. And you know, he talked about her in his in this during the ceremony, um, which is kind of which is really cool. Um, so to to have her, you know, acknowledged and and understand that our kids also carry a tremendous sacrifice and 
uh, and burdened by being, you know, children of, of the military and, in, in, you know, in, in particular, you know, naval special warfare, the SEAL community and, and what that life is like uh, and to be recognized for that is, is pretty cool, especially by the President of the United States. Yeah, that, that's that's awesome, man. And I'm going to include a link in the description of this podcast episode to the video. This way, my listeners can just tap it, get over there, and check out what you're talking about. All right, dads, the NFL season is now upon us, and the Major League Baseball season is winding down. There is no better time to take your kids to the ball game, and First Class Fatherhood listeners can save $20 off their tickets on SeatGeek.com by using my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS. Maybe you want to see a concert or a Broadway show. Save 20 bucks on the tickets on SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code FIRSTCLASS. It's a slam dunk deal, dads. SeatGeek.com, promo code FIRSTCLASS. Fatherhood is the best seat in the house. About And did, was there any, after the incident in which you did eventually receive the Medal of Honor for, was there ever any consideration for you to leave the teams, or were you set on having a 20-year career all the way? Uh, well, I was, I was always, my, my vision was, I, I never envisioned doing anything else in my life. So, uh, as far as I was concerned, I was going to be a SEAL for 30 years and, you know, till they kicked me out type scenario. And uh, you never join the military for, for recognition or, or accolades or awards or honors. And at least I, I, I never did that. I, I did it very holistically of I just wanted to be part of the best and, and part of this, an incredible community, which I had the privilege of serving alongside the greatest warriors on the face of the planet for, for many, many years. And, and so uh, when the operation happened, now that was 2012, you know, you don't know about that you're going to receive something like this at that time. Uh, and so you just went about your business. And it was, wasn't was until about 2015, late 2015, that I started to get word that this might hap- happen. So, you know, anytime you're, uh, the Medal of Honor process takes years of peer-reviewed uh, investigations and in- investigations on with peers that were there to to validate uh, the actions. So 2015, when meant I was uh, getting close to 2016, means I was going on uh, about getting close to 18 years in the certain military. So there was absolutely no way I was going to get out at, at that point. That just ridiculous. And then there was still some talk of the potential of how do you how do you still do your job as a as a seal being a recipient and the cold hard reality is unfortunately um you you don't so um there's some unwritten rules about the viability of being able to still continue your job in that capacity so um you know you you roll with the the changing winds and the tides and and it became a realization that uh, you're gonna have to give up something you fundamentally love 
um, because you received a unfathomable honor. And and that's just there's a, there's a it's bittersweet duality there between between those two, and you just take it as your next mission step, and you know you can sulk on it or you can drive forward and, and realize that you know what it is what it is, and uh, you're grateful for everything you have around you, and maybe you can make a lot of impact and change uh, with this you know, honor that you have and that you normally, that you wouldn't have been able to do without it. So uh, that that really became the driving force of why I decided to um, uh, get out. Yeah, I think Tommy Norris said it very well when he said, um, it, it's harder to wear it than it was to earn it. So I can only imagine, you know, the conflicting uh, points of view and feelings and emotion that go along with receiving something such as the Medal of Honor. Yeah, Tommy. Tommy hit the right nail on the head with that one for sure. Um, wise, wise man, without a doubt. And and uh, yeah, I got it. Before I received it, I got a chance to you know speak with him one on one for quite a long uh, amount of time, and just imparted a lot of knowledge. And you're you're exactly he's exactly right. It's 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 much much harder to to wear it than to earn it because of the, all the complexity that come with it. It's a in, incredible honor, but with incredible honor comes incredible responsibility, and and that uh and it's something that you technically don't ever get to put down. You you're, you're it's part of your your who you are, which becomes part of your DNA for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, well said. And let me rein it back in here to you as a father. Uh, I usually like to ask the dads about discipline. Now, I have three boys, then I had the girl, and I definitely disciplined my daughter a lot different than I did, with, uh, you know, do with my boys. What type of disciplinarian are you when it comes to being a dad? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hard, but, but fair. I would say, I would say that my my wife is the disciplinarian just because they spend so much time together. Uh, I. We have a, an extremely talented daughter, and I know parents say that about our, our kids all the time. Uh, but you know, she's lived a pretty hard life. You know, not having you know your father in the picture as, as much, and then understanding that the the complexities of of, of war that surround that. And so, <laughs> both my wife and I wanted to raise a child. A woman, uh, nonetheless, to someone that can take care of themselves um, and and understand that you know, unfortunately, you know, you're not going to have any brothers and sisters in this world, and uh, you need to be confident in who you are and self-reliant and disciplined, and you have to work hard because nothing in life is ever given to you, and. If you want to achieve your dreams, you have to sacrifice, period. And that means that uh, that means you there's a, a balance between you know being tough and hard and also having being able to let loose and have fun and enjoy the small smaller things in life, you know. So it's it's uh, the discipline piece is is unique because. She chose a sport that 
requires tremendous discipline mm. and it's a lonely sport. It's a solo sport. Um, you're, you're constantly uh, the center of attention in the sport, which means you're constantly being judged on every little thing you do. There's no hiding in the shadows like in the team sport where there might be a little gray area to get some relief. It's, it's you, you either sink or swim. And, uh, and so I, you just try to instill some of the values that I've learned over the years of um, what it takes to be an elite, uh, an elite. So uh, in the teams, it's always like, you know, team gear, your gear, then yourself. And that's the order of which you take care of things. And, and because that's always uh, focused towards the team and, and trying to un make her understand that even though you do a solo sport, you're, you still are part of a team. There's a team of people around you that are your support structure that uh, are trying to give you all the tools uh, or as many tools as possible to help you succeed, but it's always incumbent upon you as the as the child or the or the athlete that it's um, you're the one ultimately responsible of utilizing those tools to to if that's what you want to do in life and and so uh I would say I'm a little bit more of the jokester i have a i have a much more lighthearted personality, and maybe that is because of years of of war you have to have some sort of uh you know relief but at the same time you you know being uh, stern and hard and, and that there's realities in the world that need to be taught. Uh, and so it's, it's a balance back and forth. And thankfully she still loves to run and give me hugs and, you know, sit on my lap and we can just hang out together all the time. And she hasn't got into pushing me away yet, away yet, which I think is a, a win so far. And, and hopefully that never changes. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that, Ed. And I can only imagine how nerve-wracking it must be to watch her in competition and how much, you know, as the competition, you know, eventually progresses here, how much more it will be to be sitting in the stands there watching her go through this. So um, I, I think she has the right the right dad for the job there with that. Yeah, it, that that part's really on her mother. She does an awesome job of uh, of, of balancing all that. And, um, you know, it's... It's it is it, it's truly exciting though to see your your kid or, or kids you know doing something they love. We don't we don't push it on her. We always tell her, hey, you know, if you you see through what it is you want to do, but like say at the end of the year you don't want to do it anymore, that's on you. But it's just know we love and support you no matter what. You're here, but here are some realities that if you want to do this, you are you know that you have to make some sacrifices and be disciplined and and work extremely hard yeah very well said do you, do you ever get in there with uh braiding the hair or doing the hair i know i've gotten as far as the ponytail that's the extent of me <laughs> no i don't i don't do that at all no that's not that's not <laughs> my lane I, I i stay in my lane I'm, i can be a good teammate as well as a good team leader <laughs> and uh my being a good teammate means I don't, I don't, I don't mess with that. Sometimes I brush her hair, but that's about, that's about it. 
Okay, good enough. Well, well you've had, a, you know, obviously a, a tremendous career here in the SEAL teams. Uh, what kind of goals or plans do you have now for yourself for the future, Ed? You know, my, my, my number one goal is, is really just to make up for a lot of lost time uh, with my family, particularly my daughter, and and to be a, a, more of a staple in, in their lives. I still travel a lot for work. I mean, there obviously is a continuous necessity to provide for your family. So um, it's it's no secret that uh, living two decades uh, as on a, on a government paycheck doesn't really uh, add the bank account for for uh, retirement and or you know, saving for college or anything like that. So there's some uh, some ground to make up there, which you know you gotta you gotta work hard for that too. So, but it really is my goal to be more involved and be around in a manner like which I didn't have the opportunity uh, when you do the job that I've done for you know two decades. So that's a uh, priority one. Second one is. Um, Really focusing back on you know relationships you know those that have faded away and by the, by the nature of the job again and building out a business uh, and ultimately a business that can really uh, help pay it forward by hiring veterans and and those who have sacrificed so much and give them extremely good paying jobs and and uh, purpose again, so many, that, because there's so many veterans out there that uh, lose their ways and, you know, the purpose falls away because they try to compare it to the purpose of serving your country and and just the what 9-11 meant to us as a nation. And so uh, there's lots of struggles with that. So being able to scale out a, a corporation that can really, uh, you know, highlight the values and characteristics that are acquired by uh, by being in the military and a veteran and, and provide um, jobs and, and support structures through that, which will ultimately lead into a, a charitable organization that focuses uh, on some gaps with that are that are out there with current uh, VSOs, veteran services, service organizations. So um, that's the, the long, long-term goals and, and just continuously being a, you know, a, a father to my daughter and being there in whatever manner she needs. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's great to see that you, you'll be involved. I've had so many other veterans that are that are on the show here that are helping other veterans transition. There's been since 9/11. There's been so much sacrifice by so many men and women, uh, and and I can assure you that my, me and my family we don't take our freedom for granted here, and we are very thankful for everything that has been done, uh, you know, on behalf of of all of the you know citizens of America here by you and your teammates there. So uh, again, I want to say thank you for your service. And where can my listeners get in touch with you if they're looking to follow you? Well, thanks. Thanks for saying that. Uh, well, I, I just started uh, as a recipient. I, you know, I, there's a, a commitment to the to the nation to share a little bit about what what we do as recipients, and and just a little bit of of uh, 
my life. So I just started my Instagram account. Uh, you can follow me at Frogman, F-R-O-G-M-A-N-M-O-H-V-I, Frogman, M-O-H-V-I. And uh, I post on there about uh, various things we do around the country. And uh, there's, there's actually quite a bit of posts of, of uh, me and my daughter, too. So if uh, you're curious about, you know, what she does uh, in her life and uh, the accomplishments she's already have at 14, uh, you can you can follow us there. Yeah, that's awesome, Ed. And the last thing I want to hit you with here, Ed, uh, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new father or for that about-to-be dad who's out there listening? Don't be too hard on yourself. I mean, there, there's a reason why there's thousands of books on parenting. At the end of the day, there's some great advice, you know, but every scenario is unique. Every family dynamic is unique. Just be there, be loving, be supporting. Um, if you have a great, good foundation and who you are, use those values to, to teach your kids that. And and outside of that is you don't have to get wrapped in the weeds of, you know, being being so hard that everything needs to be perfect because that's just not reality. And and just just be there, be there, and and learn how to effectively communicate with your child. And and I think the the greatest reward out of that is when, uh, you know, you can you can get 15 years down the road, and your your children still want to talk to you. They still want to share with you. They want to be a a part of you, and they're not you know head down and and electronics or try to do everything they can to uh, avoid avoid you because you know frankly that's what kind of the way I was growing up you know I didn't have that super close relationship with my father until I was an adult and in the military and then it really uh, became much closer so I didn't really read a whole lot of parenting books there wasn't time for that I just tried to be me and and just be there for my kid in the way that she needed it yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been an extreme high honor for me. I got to say, Ed Byers, you're a first-class father, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on first-class fatherhood. Well, thanks, Alec. I appreciate the opportunity. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Ed Byers for giving me a few minutes of his time here. How crazy was that, guys? That was awesome. That was such a humbling experience for me. I hope you enjoyed it. Please hit me up on Twitter or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in. Next week, got a lot of fresh content coming your way. Be sure you are following me over on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all of the upcoming guest announcements. That's all I got for you guys this week. If you missed out on any of the episodes, go back and take a listen. We had some tremendous content, great fatherhood advice given out all week long. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. <laughs>